You're listening to the Southeast Asia Business Podcast with me, Dana Bluen. Oh yeah, flip it, flip the airplane mode. Uh, if you can't reach me, I apologize. I didn't ignore you, I was in the skies. In disguise, man, you know I got a big surprise. Ask me why, cause I'm trying to... What's going on, everyone? Dana Blue and Southeast Asia Business Podcast here on EFM, the one and only podcast network for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Today, joining me in the studio, I have Abby Victorino. Hi. Hi, Abby. You are the founder and CEO of Style Genie. Yes. Company based here in Manila. Talk to me about Style Genie. What does it do? Okay, so Style Genie is a styling subscription box for women. Mm. For now, we're catering to women. Uh, so basically, we connect women to professional stylists and surprise them with a box of new clothes styled just for them. Every month or week or how, what's the frequency? Okay, they can actually try one time first or do a monthly subscription. So they receive it every 15th of the month. Every 15th yes. of the month. How do you tailor the style for the women? Do you have like a questionnaire they have to fill out? Yes. Yeah, so before you buy a box or subscribe to a box, you actually have to fill out a, a style profile. Basically, we ask your size, your age, your profession, height, and whatever your preferences are in terms of uh, dressing up. Mm. So are, are you working mostly with Filipino brands that you're bringing to the customer or do you get international brands? How does that work? So for now, we would love to see ourselves as, you know, uh, local uh, uh, we love local brands, so we support local brands as well. Okay. So this is our way to help, you know, vendors from Instagram, uh, the concept stores to help them sell and, you know, reach more uh, women in the Philippines too. Nice. How how'd you come up with this idea? Okay, funny story. So I'm actually a... Uh, uh, an e-commerce consultant, okay. but before that, I'm also uh, a fashion buyer. So mm. I kind of had an idea of mixing it, to, uh, you know, mixing both uh, experience into one uh, business of my own. But I also didn't want to be another marketplace or another fashion store. Okay. So it all just happened when I was eating this diet delivery meal. Okay. And I said, okay, so I have two problems every day, what to eat and what to wear. Mm. And so I got like, oh, this diet delivery solves my first problem. Why isn't there a, de a delivery or a subscription uh, for clothes? Mm. Not just yet. So I, I started it and nice. <laughs> 16 months later, 16 I'm here. 16 months later, here you are. <laughs> I'm here. Now, how much clothes does the, the woman actually get delivered? Enough for the month or is it just like couple days worth of clothes i mean if it's a month's worth of clothes it's gonna be a big box right yes yeah so actually they have an option so our lowest box is one two nine nine pesos is for two pieces of new clothes yeah and then it just goes up uh and the, the biggest box we have now is four nine 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 that's ten clothes so ten days worth of outfits yes, every month or so ten clothes that you can mix and match okay so you could make multiple outfits out yes. of that yeah yes. so it's like Tops, bottoms. Yeah, so you dresses. only sell like tops and bottoms. You sell like underwear or like undergarments as well. Right now, no undergarments. No yeah. undergarments. Sometimes it's a, it's a crucial part of the lady's outfit, right? Noted. Yeah. <laughs> it just gave me an idea. It could be. I mean, <laughs> you see, you know, like there are times where it's important, like how that looks, right? And yes. Underneath, yeah. That's so true. That's true. Add that into the product mix, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe you're telling women you don't need to wear these undergarments <laughs> at all, so just go without. <laughs> No, that's not the message. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not the message. Wear your undergarments. 
So 16 months in, and I know you, you've had quite a bit of success. How big is the service right now in in Philippines? How many women are subscribed or mm-hmm. men, right? Could be either or. So men, f- men could subscribe as well. Depends on their preferences. <laughs> so now uh, we're, we're catering to women for now, but we're, we have shipped over 2,000 boxes already yeah. throughout 16 months. And uh, half of them are loyal. So these okay. are like repeat customers. So half of them are people who are return customers. Yes, they yes. continue to buy every yes, month. They try once first and then they try the bigger box the next okay. month. And they keep scaling up. Yes, scaling up. Yes. Do you have any customers who are like, oh, I need more than 10 options every <laughs> month. you got to send me like, I need a 20-piece box. None so far. None so it's far. like a... Um, they call the McDonald's Chicken McNuggets. Right? You can get the three-piece, the five-piece, the ten-piece. And now you need like the bucket of KFC. Just like, you know, a whole truck drives up to your house, 30 days worth of clothes. Hopefully, hopefully. So I know you also were recently in a uh, a, a group with uh, Alibaba and Jack Ma was like one of the mentors for that group, right? Yes, yes. So tell me about that experience. Like how did you get involved in that to begin with? Yeah, so... Uh, Funny story again. So I I, I use, usually watch um, YouTube videos on successful yeah. people, you know, startups. And uh, what we normally uh, see as accessories would be like Western companies like, you know, Facebook, mm-hmm. Uber, right? But, you know, Jackman is really close to my heart because he's Asian for one. Yeah. And, you know, he's closer to the Philippines. So I, I, I've been watching his videos, how good he is as a leader. And like all of a sudden I saw a pop up. Uh, to or link to a page with, where it says Asian uh, Founders Fellowship Program. Mm-hmm. So I, I clicked that and then actually there's no information like what's going to happen because, <laughs> because there's just one uh, batch uh, before us, okay. which were Africans. Okay. So I was like, okay, why are they recruiting Asians? <laughs> but then uh, I just, you know, blindly applied. And then two <laughs> weeks later, I had a Skype interview. And with t- Jack Ma? No, no, no. <laughs> no, uh, with the, the Ungtad and Alibaba team. And okay. Yeah, they, they interviewed me. They didn't even ask for like numbers or whatever. Really? Actually. They just want yeah. to talk to you. Yeah, and then and then another two weeks after they said, Congratulations, you're part of the really? batch too. So one conversation on Skype and then boom, you're in. Yeah. And I, I don't know I don't know how they they chose me, but there were three of us from the Philippines and different stages as well. Yeah. So I'm I think I'm the 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 baby in the batch, and then they're in the batch of 37 from Indonesia, Malaysia, mm. Singapore. Uh, there are also some who are in the Series A, Series B already. And so, you were like super nascent at that point, right? You yeah. were like really early on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was uh, two, uh, when I applied, it was two months ago. Okay. And so how long was the actual program? The program was an 11-day program, basically a lot of lectures from uh, executives from Alibaba and also uh, site visits and tours around China to Mm. see, you know, how, how... the technology has already evolved there in the, in the past 10 years. So where around China did you go? Well, we went around Hangzhou, China, which is kind of like their Silicon Valley. Yeah. Uh, and it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. We also went to uh, a rural village, okay. uh, a farm, yeah. where, where uh, the farmers are actually into e-commerce as well. It's, really? It's amazing. Uh, I think the, the, the idea there is that for us to see how e-commerce have changed the lives of you know, even local farmers there. Wow. They're earning a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah, and, and all of us are actually like, 
what are we doing again? What yeah. are we do- why are we doing our startups? So, so these farmers are, are making a killing, huh? Yes, wow. these farmers. And in, uh, in a farm, for example, we went to a walnut farm. Yeah. And all the families there basically also sells walnut, right? But they're all earning uh, like 3 million yuans every month. How much is that, 3 million yuan? How much is that? But export, exporting to other countries. Wow. Yeah. That's great for farmers, right? And you usually think of farmers as being kind of like, it's kind of like a low income individual. It's a very subsistence based lifestyle. So, uh, thanks to Taobao, their their, uh, global platform, Mm. they were able to change these farmers' lives. Change the economics of farming. Wow. Yes. So what, what were the biggest takeaways that you came with as an entrepreneur being in this 11-day program? What were your big takeaways? Okay, so um, I had three like major takeaways, and we actually share this as well. We have uh, sharing sessions here in Manila for other startup founders okay. to you know, sh- uh, have a, an idea of what we learned there. But the first one would be culture, so mm. how important culture is to the success of Alibaba and how we can also like uh, embrace that and create our own culture in, mm-hmm. in our own startups and the startup community here. But basically, uh, Jack Ma wouldn't be successful if he, you know, if he didn't uh, start this um, culture or this, this vision and mm. made it very clear from the very beginning with his 18, uh, 17 co-founders. Yeah, you think about, you know, the scale that Alibaba's grown to, right? There, there has to be some type of secret sauce yes. there for, for you to get that big. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a successful small business mm-hmm. and it's just based on hard work and a little bit of know-how, right? Understanding a business. But to grow to that Alibaba scale, that's next level. Yes, yes. So it was really... Uh, it, during the 11 days, I think three days of the program, the lectures mm. were all about culture. Okay. And uh, one important... Uh, one thing I, I can't forget was that the first lecture was actually given to us by the finance person. Okay. Culture was explained, to, uh, the Alibaba culture was explained to us from someone in the finance team. And the mm. reason being, you know, because the culture is very innate in each employee here. Yeah. Everyone can actually explain it or anyone can actually explain it to you. That's nice. how clear it is to them. Really? That's cool. I mean, that's... It's cool, but at the same time, kind of scary. I mean, does everyone have <laughs> like does everyone have the same definition of the culture? Because then that makes me think it's kind of fake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if everyone can explain it in their own words and it's a similar meaning, then it's organic. But if everyone says, "Yes, culture at Alibaba means ABC," mm-hmm. I, I would be suspicious. Oh, it, it's kind of. So it's it again. It was uh, lectured to us for three days. Mm. It was all like the same. At, yeah. the, at some point, we were actually like this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was very clear from us, uh, from our point of view, that everyone in the team, and you can see it as well, how mm. how they treat us, how uh, they work. They actually like I don't know how the Alibaba uh, Ongtad team uh, survived the eleven days, but mm. they barely sleep. Like, they, you know, you see that. Everyone loves what they're doing. Yeah. Everyone's really passionate about their uh, their their jobs. You know, I was in uh, Guangzhou, China, mm-hmm. um, last year for the Guangzhou Innovation Festival. I was a speaker there, and I was blown away by Guangzhou as a city, just mm-hmm. because it. I, I really thought it was going to be like more like a Beijing or a Shanghai, and it, it was more like if Silicon. I mean, if uh, Singapore was a cool place, mm-hmm. it would be like Guangzhou is modern, clean. Yes. People were passionate, you know, driven, and it was, it was just really cool. And and that's really, 
I, I was mistaken about my impressions of China, whereas I thought it was more Beijing, Shanghai yeah. type of stuff. But the China of today is a China that looks like Guangzhou and you know all these other places where they've built thriving you know economies. Yes, so it blows your mind. It blew it blew my mind. So in my eleven days there, for example. Uh, I only touched a like a physical bill on the last day because really? everything's payless. Yeah, pay by oh, WeChat. Oh, sorry, cashless. Yeah, yeah, pay with WeChat. Alipay. And Alipay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had so the, the first day. I guess day, yeah, I guess Alibaba's not using the ten cents platform, that. huh? Yeah, but so the first day, the first activity was actually to have a, a an Alipay account and then a bank account to oh, yeah. support that and a local SIM card. So from then on, we just used uh, Alipay and we didn't even touch uh, bring our wallets anywhere. Wow, just, just the phone. <laughs> just the phone. <laughs> kind of sucks if your battery dies, though. Yes. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. yeah. That's a trick, though. Did you get to go to that, um, the Alibaba grocery store that you see all over the news? Yes. Yeah, so we tried, we went to Hema store. We yeah. Hema store and uh, the first thing I noticed is that their barcodes, so it looks like a regular grocery store, yeah. but you, uh, you'll notice that the barcode or the price tags there are, are actually digital. So they look like a uh, normal paper, yeah. uh, like what you see in grocery stores, but it's actually digital. So when someone changes it from the like head uh, or the admin, uh, everyone, uh, 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 the, the prices everywhere will change. Really? One one uh, so dashboard. It's, so it's <laughs> Imagine like a little that? LCD screen or something. Yeah, it's like a little LCD screen with barcodes and the price. Wow. Yeah. And then you just scan it if you want to buy it add, yeah. add to cart. Yeah. And then you don't even have to go home with the, the stuff you bought. You can actually choose uh, the option to deliver it to your house. Wow. So before I, you even go home, it's there. Wow. And I know they actually cook stuff for you there as yes, well, right? Yes, yes. Like, so, so if you buy like something like, oh, I want like this meal, they'll make it. Yes, yes. So it's called, yeah, it's called Hema Fresh because mm. uh, there's actual like seafood, uh, you know, that, that's what I saw was the seafood. I saw yes, a video yes. of Jack Ma ordering like yes. lobster or something or yes, crab. And, and you can uh, choose whatever uh, type of uh, meal you want. It must have been a crazy experience. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was. So <laughs> did you eat anything from there? Did you have them prepare anything for you? No, but we, uh, we tried buying. So yeah. actually there you don't even have to have your phone. So in some HemaFresh stores, you only go to the counter, uh, like a big, uh, tablet mm. and then they use your your retina really so people they're like <laughs> just uh goes near the screen and yeah. to check out that's yeah. it it seems a little i mean it seems awesome but at the same time it's scary feels, yeah, like, <laughs> like a minority report or eight, 1984 type of uh, future mm -hmm. but i mean awesome but at the same the, time that's the future yeah, it, yeah. i mean I, I would love to be able to just walk into the grocery store and not even have to wait in line to get out yeah. just scan 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 and it's just back scan. in my condo by the time i'm i'm home yes that would be awesome that's awesome and you don't even have to go to the hema fresh if you're you know if you want to just stay at home you yeah. can also yeah. buy groceries online and if it's uh if it's if there's a hema fresh store like um Within 35 kilometers yeah. in your place, then they can deliver in, in 35 minutes. Wow, 30 minute per kilometer. Now, I know with traffic in Manila, you probably don't get that yeah. type of uh, <laughs> delivery time, yes, right? Yes, yes. One of the things that, that I really like about that is someone like me who pretty much just eats the same thing over and over and over again, mm -hmm. I could just set up like a recurring order. So every yes. day I had like uh, <laughs> listen to the fresh food. Reorder. Yeah. <laughs> Automatic. Like, okay. Yes. <laughs> same thing again. That's, that's, that's really cool. So... With, with that program, I mean, now do you have, you must have a relationship with Alibaba going forward. 
Mm-hmm. Did they acquire equity in your company as part of that program? <laughs> no, no. So actually, uh, uh, at the end of the program, we signed a commitment yeah. uh, that as part of the eFounders Fellowship Program, we will be the agents of change or mm. you know the ambassadors of the new economy. So our goal is to really do you know aside from sharing to like uh, our own countries a uh, startup econ- uh, community mm. we also uh, you know can make our own commitment so each of us uh, actually wrote it down and uh, depending on our industry for example mm. how we can change uh, uh, the the digital economy through our industry first yeah. and then all throughout the the country's economy you know mm. stuff like that and uh, it's very amazing to hear the other founders commitments as well mm. and you know it's it's uh, exciting to see what what uh, what uh, you know what successes we can all like partake after that that's really interesting they put this program together to kind of educate you but they're not getting any equity or anything no, back nothing. from you guys. Yeah. And that's unique, right? It's yeah. maybe a little strange from a business <laughs> perspective, but I mean, when you're at that size, you know, th- th- there must be some other motivation there. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess one uh, one key thing that Jack Mind Alibaba wants to do is mm. to uh, make Southeast Asia, you know, a united, uh, you know, even in dig- the digital economy, for example, they want it borderless mm. and they want the, the trade to continue uh, yeah. across countries and that's why they invited uh, founders from um, uh, uh, different countries in Southeast Asia nice. so even uh, actually even within the 37 of us there mm. there were you know there were uh, collaborations that were created there wow. were it was amazing. It was an amazing because even though we have different, if we are in different industries, mm. we can actually like work together or learn from each other. Like what is working there in Thailand? Maybe we can do that here in the mm. Philippines. What is you know not working in the Philippines? Maybe they don't do that in Indonesia. Yeah. Something like that. And it's a very great learning process. I think from the cultural perspective too, like you said, culture was such a big part of the Alibaba team yes. and, and what they're trying to teach you. You know, maybe spreading some of that. That culture that allowed Alibaba to become, you know, the the beast that it is yes. today, you know, is important because it it also helps create, you know, similar ecosystems potentially within the Philippines, within Thailand, Indonesia, mm-hmm. wherever else they bring people from. You know, and a company like Alibaba does have a global market, right? Mm-hmm. They can yes. they can do business anywhere. Yes. You know, for for a very good reason. So it's very interesting to think about it from that cultural perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it change the way that you do business yes. back in the Philippines? Uh, yeah. So one one thing that changed uh, aside from culture mm. is that how we saw our platform changing uh, yeah. lives of uh, or changing businesses here in the Philippines. So okay. uh, another so the second takeaway would be you know having a two sided platform. Mm. So many. Uh, platforms right now or app developers they usually just focus on the customer focus on customer uh, how to make it easy for the users to buy how mm. to how to make it super fast to check out right but uh, what we learned there in and what made Alibaba successful is that they actually took care of the other side as well which are the vendors so aside from uh, just making sure your website is uh, beautiful and you know um, efficient to, to use they also taught us that we have to take care of our vendors or for the suppliers on the back end. So it's a two-sided market. Otherwise, you cannot really call yourself a platform. Yeah. Just, 
really just a, a, sh- a shop or a marketplace, right? Yeah. So that's one thing that that I, I brought home. So after that, you know, I told my team, you know, we, we have to take care of our vendors. We need to get more uh, of these sellers and more of these local brands and get them on board and make sure they're happy. Because at, at the end of the day, if we don't have them, we don't have customers, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah. If you don't have... One, if you don't have customers, you don't have a business. If you don't yes. have partners, it's very difficult to keep your customers, customers happy. Exactly. Now, how big is your team at, at Style Genie? We are a team of 10. 10. 10, uh, yeah, mostly women. Mostly women. Yes. <laughs> now, how long did it take you to grow to that size? Oh, in the beginning, there were only three of us. Mm. Uh, three founders? The three, the three founders. Uh, no, actually, the two founders are not yet full-time, so okay. I'm the first one who uh, went full-time let just this January. Okay, nice. uh, But uh, throughout the beginning, we only had like two full-time, one operations and one mm. marketing, and then we slowly grew, uh, like uh, early this year, we mm. started uh, hiring more, but throughout the 16 months, we had we just had a lot of interns. Well, have you guys raised any capital yet? Not yet. So bootstrapping. Bootstrapping completely, yes. so you're on cash on the line. <laughs> yes. So you're the first one to go full time to be of of the founders, yes. To be kind of running it. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that like for you? Like to to take that risk, transition from your job into your business. It was you know, <laughs> scary, right? It was so scary. I remember the first time I did it. I, I, I was <laughs> even like mo- a month into the first time I ever did that. It was a long time ago, back in the '90s. You know, saying to myself, "Oh." For like the first month, I'm like, yeah, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. I, I should, I should go back and you know, get a job again. You know, and <laughs> it's hard. It, yes, and it it's is. stressful, right? Yes. Just the fact of like you being in charge of stuff is stressful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that, you know, today it it might be even more difficult. I think because so many people view things as a side hustle or as like, oh, let me, let me get investment. And a lot of people don't have the the guts mm-hmm. to. To bootstrap a business. Yeah, I, I really commend you on that. I, <laughs> whenever I talk to founders who have bootstrapped their company, I'm I'm always so impressed. It's it's always been my favorite way to actually go into business, start a business, and, and grow something. But so many people today are focused on oh, I need capital or I need yeah. investment before I can do anything, and you know, it takes real guts and, mm-hmm. and grit to actually go out there and do that. So much respect to you on that oh, front. Thank you. <laughs> so where do you think now you're 16 months in to uh, to uh, Style Genie? Mm-hmm. You've got the the program with Alibaba kind of under your belt. You've got some great mentorship, I think, from them. It mm-hmm. sounds like you're you seem to have a, a good loyal fan base. 50% of your fan base of your user bases mm-hmm. are loyal customers, yes. recurring customers. Mm-hmm. What's your growth projection look like? So uh, growth projection, we we. We see ourselves growing uh, mm. like 10 times by the end of the year. Ten, by the end of this year? The end of this year. 10x. Because, 10x. Because we're also uh, we're planning on a collaboration with a fashion tech company, okay. which will really drive uh, our sales. Uh, I think it will really drive our sales because a- we any will... Any hints as to who that might be? It's a secret. So but it, <laughs> you, can, you can tell. No one's. Li- no one's gonna hear this. <laughs> no right? one's you can tell me. Yeah, I, yeah, I promise. I promise. Let's We're, just say uh, it's a product from uh, the Alibaba Group. <laughs> oh, oh, a fashion product from the Alibaba. <laughs> no, 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 a product from the Alibaba eFounder program. Oh, from so the, it from was your a collaboration batch? that you know was created when I was in China. Oh wow! So I'm very excited about that. And actually, uh, that trip opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah. Uh, investment wise, and you know, technology uh, part. Partner-wise, 
So I'm very excited about the next months. And nice. I feel like I made the right decision to go full-time because yeah. if I'm not uh, no, full-time... This might not have happened, This right? might not have happened, yes. So. Now, I mean, at the same time of the stress and the, you know, everything that comes with being a founder, it, it's also, especially in my experience, you know, it's it's a very liberating experience, mm -hmm. you know? and yes. It's it's a weird kind of dichotomy of the fact that you're constantly stressed out, you know, you're overworked, underslept, you know, <laughs> things fall by the wayside, and it's hard. But you also have this immense sense of satisfaction and yes. you know pride yes. that comes with it. How, and this is your first time as a, as a founder, right? Yes. How do you how do you balance that sometimes? Because I, I know for me, sometimes I'm still not used to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I'm so proud of what I did, but I really need to sleep because I've been awake for like three days, you know, or, you know, something like that. And like, how have you adjusted to that? Yeah, I totally feel you there. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of sleepless nights yeah. for sure. But tough decisions. I, tough decisions you made. A lot of expensive mistakes as well throughout yeah. the the months. Uh, yeah, those but, don't get better too. I'll tell you, you still make those. <laughs> like I'm, I'm 20 years I, into the game, I still have sleepless nights, tough decisions, and expensive mistakes. I know, <laughs> I know. But we we call it. We have a thing in our team. We call mm. it validated learning. Yeah. When we have a mistake, okay, we screwed up. Yeah. It's a validated. You know, learning. As you long learn as you learn from that mistake, right? Exactly. It, it's, it's worth it. If you, if you don't yes. learn from it and you do it again, that's on you. Yes, correct, correct. So I think what made me like, uh, what, keep me, what keeps me sane mm. to this moment is having a, a good set of mentors as well. Mm. A good, uh, I, have a, I have a great team, I yeah. believe, and they're very, very supportive. Um, and yeah, sometimes you, sometimes you you're, you forget that you're actually working for your dream, and you just mm. remember oh you're you're now working for a team. Yeah, you're now uh, making this happen because you have these uh, very good team believing in you yeah. and relying you, on you. They're relying on you, yeah. <laughs> not just for the salary, but you know because. You also for, like for leadership, for inspiration, for, leadership, for, inspiration for now. direction. Yeah, so that keeps me going. You know, I used to have a full head of hair, like <laughs> long, beautiful, curly hair. Now it's just you. Yeah, it, it all migrated <laughs> down south. <laughs> it's the stress, but it's the stress of running. It's you know, stressful. I, yes. No, I, obviously, it's it's bad genetics on my part, but. You know, it it is stress. It's, it's stressful running a business, being an mm. entrepreneur. I used to be slim. You're Super still slim. slim. You're I am, but, but you, you should have seen me like six years ago. I, I, actually, I, I was a model before. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to be slim as well. Yes, no, right. No, that, that's a lie. I was never slim. <laughs> I'm American. Have you ever oh, yeah. seen a slim American? No. Oh, yeah. But I stress eat a lot. And then yeah. there are times that I have to cry it out, you know, just uh. to let it out. But, you know, you have to go on and carry on. What's your go-to stress eat snack? Uh Chips. Chips? Oh, I love chips. What's your favorite chip? chip? Salted egg potato chips. Salted egg? It's all the rave right now, right? Salted egg potato chips. Salted egg potato I've never even heard of it's that. It's famous in Singapore. Really? Yeah. I don't go to Singapore. I hate it's, Singapore. It's, <laughs> it's boring. It's boring, but there's a lot of good food there. Salted egg potato chips, though, mm -hmm. huh? Never salted been. egg crab, anything. Salted egg is uh, from Singapore, right? <laughs> have, you, have you ever been to um, to Thailand? Yes. Oh, I love the food there yeah. too. <laughs> so you, you know Somtom? It's like green papaya salad. Oh, I haven't tried that. Like I love Tom Yum though. Tom Yum is good, but Somtom is like the most famous food papaya in Thailand. Salad. Green papaya salad is called Somtom. So there's a, a type of Somtom called uh, Somtom Kai Kem, mm -hmm. which is salted egg Somtom. Oh, 
I'll, I'll try that. Yeah, so they, they, so, so they make it in a mortar and pestle, right? Basic samtam is green papaya sliced very thin, mm -hmm. um, like shredded almost with uh, tamarind, fish sauce, wow. garlic, <laughs> a little bit of chili, and wow. uh, some palm sugar. Right, yeah. and they smash all, all tomatoes for the acidity. They smash it all together, and then they, depending, so you can get like some tampu plora, which is a uh, fermented little rock crab with mm -hmm. plora, which is an unfiltered fish sauce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, you know, plora smells horrible, but it tastes really is it good. Like same to Philippines bagong. Uh, Are you familiar bagong? with that shrimp paste? No, uh, so yeah, probably Something very like similar, that. probably yeah, very similar smell. in uh, <laughs> smell and taste, mm -hmm. but. Uh, but uh, kaikem, salted egg, is uh, they take the, the salted boiled eggs yes. and they, they cut it in half and they, they throw that in there yes. and they smash that in. And it looks cool, like a creamy samtam yeah. almost. My, my <laughs> girlfriend absolutely loves it. Now, that's like her favorite type of samtam is the kaikem. I'll try that one. So next samtum. time you're in Thailand, samtam kaikem. Yes. I, if you like salted egg, I think you're going to love that. Yes, I'll try that for sure. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a potato chip guy too. Like when I, when I want a snack, but for me, it's a salt and vinegar. Yes, salt and vinegar, like seaweed if you want to be oh, healthy. So, you know, seaweed well, you can't version. really say if you're eating, if you're eating potato <laughs> you're chips. You're trying to like uh, lessen the guilt and yeah, go with yeah. the seaweed yeah, one had, or the sea salt one. I had seaweed one. potato chips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, those Japanese like uh, Lay's makes a seaweed yes, potato chips. Yes, the nori. So, yeah, yes, so good, yes. right? <laughs> and then like you get the little bits of the green bits on yes. your fingers and <laughs> no one's looking yes. at it. Yes, but... Yeah, guilt. Uh, <laughs> less guilt, right? Yeah. <laughs> Than the cheese one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, though, that salt and vinegar, the Lay's salt and vinegar yeah. is awesome. hidden treasure right there. Yes. But for whatever reason, it like makes my gums feel like all torn up. Like a, <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> too well, much. I'll eat like 10, 10 bags at a time. Like, what? Oh, okay, not 10 bags. Maybe a whole bag for sure. For sure. And then the other day, uh, Emily, the producer, she actually grabbed me um, corn chips from here. Because mm -hmm. I, I was saying like how much I like corn chips. And uh, so they were like, but I thought they were going to be barbecue flavor because it said that on the bag. But uh, what barbecue. I didn't realize was that it was like light barbecue flavor. Mm. And so they tasted just like salted like Fritos. And actually last night we were walking over to Commune, which is a cafe down the street. <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> and so uh, I opened the bag and I was eating them as I met her in the lobby. And uh, so I just kind of held the bag out. She's like, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> and so I just left it there, like in my hand, like aimed at her. And she's like, okay, I'll have some. And she like popped a couple in her mouth. She's like, oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> and so then I just kept holding it out in front of her. And she just kept eating it. And then there was like only a little bit left. So I held the bag out when she put her hand in. I took my hand away. And so the bag was stuck on her hand. <laughs> Was that good? <laughs> how good were those, Emily? Those chips are good, right? <laughs> yeah, mild barbecue flavor. Mild barbecue. So it was like a little bit of like. Which one is that? Uh, it, was you like know a, the brand? it looked like a Filipino brand. Oh, could be yeah. Jack and Jill. Yeah. Yeah. Less, yeah. less guilt. Yeah. <laughs> less yeah. anything light. Yeah, anything light. Less guilt. <laughs> it says light, but it's still chips. It's like light beer. <laughs> light beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also we went to like some speakeasy last night too. I had like great beer from Cebu. Uh, uh -huh. No, but I thought it was isn't Cebu a Filipino town? Ah, Cebu. 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 Yeah. Cebu. Cebu. Mm -hmm. uh, Cebu is in Borneo. Cebu is isn't in it? Borneo. Yeah. Yeah. Cebu. Cebu so is Cebu. called Turning Wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like so citrusy, really like a nice light citrusy. You should try Lambanog. 
Lambanong. Yes, Lambanong is a local drink, a local alcohol. I want to try this. Um, I want to try this Filipino rum. Don Papa. Yeah, Don Papa. Yes, it's, so it's like, caramelly. Yeah, yes. I, I'm going to try that. Maybe I'll buy some. They t- yes. uh, Ross you told should, me I could should. buy some at the airport and bring it back to mm. Thailand with me, like duty-free. So maybe I'll yes. do that. But yeah, do that. <laughs> I, you know, like it makes sense like the Phil- that Filipinos would make rum, right? Because mm-hmm. the Spanish influence here. Yes, yes. And then like tropical. Mm. And so like you always think of rum coming from the uh, Caribbean. Yes. But I mean... It's really good. It makes yeah. more sense to come mm-hmm. from, uh, not more sense, but it makes just as much sense to come from the Philippines. <laughs> Caribbean is islands, Philippines are islands, mm-hmm. tropical, Spanish influence. Why yes. not? It's oh, like, and Don Papa sounds Don, really... Don Papa. It sounds like, cool. Right? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like totally chill hipster rum, Don yes. Papa. I said with like a Spanish Filipino, like, <laughs> Don Papa. Or like, like a really bad like Latino yeah. Spanish. Like, Don Papa. <laughs> Yeah, people are going to kill me now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to trying that. It sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk real quick, though, with you about Style Genie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, you're obviously very fashionable. You look very <laughs> Thank nice. You. Now, does your style influence a lot, or did it early on at least, influence a lot of what Style Genie offered? Mm, well, we, I'm not really a stylist, per se. Actually, I'm the one. Well, you were who a fashion a buyer, right? Uh, yeah. So you must have an eye for like trends. Yeah. So I, the a buyer's role is really just uh, like having a knack for what's gonna sell for Filipinos, mm. uh, based on our like uh, weather, based on what's the, the in thing or what's the, the celebrity trends, something mm. like that, and then bring it here yeah. in the Philippines, right? Uh, but for me, uh, starting uh, Style Genie is actually. One thing that helped me like mm. develop my own sense of fashion because me personally, I'm the type of uh, I'm the type of person who just uh, dresses up depending on my mood or yeah. what's available in my closet. So, mm. And I, I don't really think about it because I'm you know, I'm busy and I, I have a fast-paced life. My to-do list is very like, loaded, and the mm. last thing I want to think about is what I'm gonna wear. Yeah. So if I'm maybe I'm if I'm uh, uh, a unicorn, I'll be like Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same thing over and over, like a gray shirt. Yeah, that's but been, but that's, it's difficult for a woman, right? Yeah, it's more difficult for a woman. But that's yes, been like me. Emily made it so I can only wear right? this shirt. So it's easier for you guys. Yeah. But for female founders, for example, it's very difficult. And, and, and especially now that I'm a fashion uh, startup founder, I have to look the part. So you have to so, lead by example? Yeah, I have to uh, Yeah, I have to look the part of a fashion tech uh, uh, founder, right? So... Um, so yeah, what influenced uh, the 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 beginning of Style Genie's uh, look would be more of the stylists themselves, okay. uh, the celebrity stylists that we that we're working with. And they so curate kind of the collections, the curated ones. Yeah, and we cannot really say that we have a, a Style Genie look because mm. what we take pride in is that whatever you're profile is or whatever your personality is we actually curate a, an outfit for you okay so it yeah, so, e- so it doesn't matter if you're like a like a socialite from manila yes, or like a, a farm girl from yes. like some outer island mm-hmm. you guys will curate that yes look yes so we have our, our customers are actually very diverse it's mm. very fun because i personally read their profiles as well i like uh reading what they what is that they a privacy violation I mean, it's no, just joking, it just remains with me, no worries. <laughs> but I'm gonna share some here, so okay. just so you have an idea how diverse they are. So, mm. so we have uh, our oldest uh, customer was actually 60 years old, and oh, wow. 60, but she's uh, she's a uh, five nine. Mm. She's very tall at 60. Is that so, tall? Five nine. 
it's very tall for us Filipinas. Okay. <laughs> so average Filipina is actually like five two, I think. Oh. Four than that. Four eleven, five. Four eleven is the average. The average, yeah. Wow. They're very, very small. <laughs> I'm just tall. Yeah, I'm tall because my dad's uh, uh, tall as well. He's a basketball player. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, so she's sixty and five nine, and she and and at her age, she mm. finds it difficult to shop mm. her own clothes and find uh, good pants for her length mm. and for her height. So we helped her. You know, we help her not just uh, get style, but also to, you know, source that those kinds of pants for her. Okay, and you're able yeah. to curate, like, looks curate that she enjoys. Solve her fashion dilemma. Yeah. And then there we have, like, more of the customers, like, who just broke up from a bad relationship. Yeah. And they want to look good, you know, like, uh, get styled as revenge, you get, know. Get back on the market. Looking good is the best revenge, right? So, yeah, we have uh, customers who write us about those problems. Really? Sometimes personal. But, you know, it's very, we feel so good when they write back and say, hey, Lom, I, I like what you sent uh, me and I actually felt super good about myself again. Yeah. So things like that. Yeah, nice. And so you're kind of helping them... Come out of like a mental slump, emotional yeah, because, slump. Because yeah, styling is not just really something to like cover yourself with, right? Mm. The, the clothing is more than that. Clothing, uh, there's a study that actually says clothing can make or break your day, or you know, the, really affect your mood, your confidence. So whatever your role is, whatever your job is, it actually you know boosts your confidence, or your like, you know, gives you like the the, the push when you're. Dressed up better. I can say that that's kind of true for men too, because I can. Mm -hmm. I, I have friends who work in like finance and stuff yeah. like that, and they actually will. I have a friend specifically who I can think of uh, in the U.S. who spend a lot of money on suits, mm -hmm. specifically because he says it makes him feel good when he yeah. wears it. Yes. And you know, I'm I'm the opposite end of the spectrum. I feel better <laughs> if I spend the least amount of money on my clothes as possible. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's funny that you know I, I look at him and me. We're actually very close. But you know, when we when we go hang out somewhere, he'll probably be wearing like thousands of dollars worth of clothes just to go out for a, a bite to eat and a drink. <laughs> he'll have his, his jacket, his shirt, and it's all mm -hmm. coordinated and I'll show up even with the like, socks. <laughs> yeah, even the socks. And I'll show up with like my my ten dollar Thai schoolboy shoes and my slacks and mm. a, a t shirt and he's just like oh. He's like, how are you successful? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand you. I'm like, well, what's up, man? Yeah, so the, the, these things matter to like, yeah, different professions as well. It plays a role yes. for sure. But I, I, I love the story that you're actually helping, like, like the story with your oldest customer, right? Mm -hmm. You're helping her, one, find a solution to a mm -hmm. problem, but two, probably feel yeah. a lot more comfortable with the fact that yes. she doesn't have to worry about finding new pants and she can look good as opposed yes. to, especially like, I understand odd body sizes being a jumbo-sized white man living mm -hmm. in Asia. <laughs> it's hard for me to shop, yes. right? But like as a guy, it's not as stressful because I can always throw a T-shirt on. But I think if you're a woman who's a yes. little bit more style conscious, mm -hmm. being it can be stressful to think like, oh, it's so hard to find pants that fit my legs yes. or it's so hard to find a top that's going to look mm -hmm. good on my frame. Yeah. And the fact that you're alleviating that issue for her must be like a huge relief for mm -hmm. her. Yeah. So not just old people. We also have like 30% of our customers are actually plus size. Oh, really? So that's a very good uh, indication that actually the plus size are not so well thought of in terms of, you know, the brands who mm. are um, offering the, the, the clothes in the stores and online. 
the there's they still have you know there's it's still a, a big market mm. and uh, it's still untapped for mm. me for me there's a huge uh, opportunity there yeah for sure yeah. I mean like I said if like I can understand the the plus size dilemma being a plus size gentleman you know and it's <laughs> It, but it's tough to find clothes that it's fit, a, especially yeah. in Asia where everyone especially is. Especially for women, yeah, yeah. You're telling me like the average uh, Filipino woman might be 4'11". Yes. <laughs> it's tiny. Yes. Now I understand why midget boxing is such a big thing here. <laughs> That's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if... if you can alleviate the stress that those women feel. I mean, the mm -hmm. your service has to be just so worth it for yes. them. Yes, yes. That's at the end of the day. That's what we're after mm -hmm. too. Now, what if they get something from you and they don't like it? Can they return mm -hmm. it? So yeah, of course, uh, styling is also subjective. So we believe that you know uh, we can't get the sizing perfect yeah. in the first time, right? So we actually have a thirty-day replacement guarantee. Nice. So you can have it replaced, uh, bigger if, size or smaller size. Or what if it's like a color they don't like, or it's just okay a, a too, cut yeah. that they don't like? If it's not quite cut right for them. Yeah. So that it's again, it's a learning process as well. Yeah. So for example, uh, it's difficult to uh, like get all the answers in one profile questionnaire, for sure, right? For sure. First time, so sometimes they forget that they don't like the color orange. Yeah. So of course they don't know that. But then yeah. of course it's it's a learning process as well. And as they subscribe monthly, we also like learn more about them. Yeah, yeah. And in the future, who knows what what uh, the AI could help us with as well. So are you implementing AI now into your soon, platform? Soon, yeah. soon. Yeah. So this will help us like uh, kind of like shorten the the curation process. Okay. And so you'll be able to use AI to find better matches. Better and, matches, but yeah. still has that human, human, uh, you know, the styling part yeah. to like really choose from that, that um, shortened, uh, shortlisted catalog. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's interesting that, to think about the AI kind of, I, I guess I, I was talking to, a, um, to someone the other day from the medical field and talking about how AI could be used a lot to to really streamline workflow. Mm -hmm. It kind yes. of sounds like that's what you'll be yes, looking at yes. AI for, yes, not to replace the stylist, not to, to, not to replace, but just to really like shorten, yeah, streamline uh, the their workflow yes. and make it so that they can they can essentially help more, more customers. Yeah. Right. That's really interesting. Now, are most of your customers here in the Manila area? Uh, like seventy percent are from Manila, and mm. then the rest are from Cebu, Davao, mm. and like Northern Luzon. So do you think like eventually like you'll be servicing 7100 islands in the <laughs> Philippines? Well, we can but the the depends on the logistics part logistics as well is that tough, we have, right? yeah. yeah. Now, obviously logistics is hard in an archipelago in, in nation. Yes. Yeah. It, tough to tough to deal yes. with that, but yeah, you know, at, at the same time, I mean, I think sometimes the women if you if you stick with servicing women only, you know, the ones who are in the most remote areas might be the ones who can benefit the most mm -hmm. from a service like this. They have access to fashion that otherwise yeah. would not be available. True, and uh, the provinces without the malls. Yeah, and, yeah. maybe without even retail shops. Yes. You know, like, could, could really help them. But logistics, mm -hmm. always tough in, in a country <laughs> like this. Now, do you see yourself scaling outside of Philippines or do you want to remain a domestic company that you know, focuses on the Philippines, you know, 120 million people here? sizable market mm -hmm. probably half or a little bit more than half are women uh-huh yeah actually uh the philippines is still a big uh market huge in terms market. Of population yeah so we're, we're planning to like uh really focus in the philippines for mm. the maybe another year mm. and who knows maybe we can uh try uh, the neighbor countries like singapore and malaysia yeah. i mean i see like when, when i look at indonesia when we were there you know it's 
slightly it's about twice the size of mm, yes of the Philippines population wise mm-hmm. but in, you know geographically logistically a lot of the same issues but they've created multiple unicorns within yes. their domestic amazing. economy yeah, amazing job. I, I mean Philippines is like I said half the size population wise but still I think has that opportunity to create huge domestic companies because mm-hmm. of the population because yes. of the culture you know and the growth of the economy I, I could totally see companies focusing here, especially a company mm-hmm. like yours, yeah. you know, focusing on the yes. Philippines and being like, boom, we're we a lot. Yes. Yeah, you know, we're, we're a homegrown unicorn, essentially. Yes. You know, the, the market's there. Mm-hmm. A huge opportunity. Well, on that note, though, Abby, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you also me. for having me. Talk to me about Style Genie. Talk to me about the Alibaba mm-hmm. program and, you know, what that was like for you. Do me a favor, before we go, let the listeners know uh, where they can find out more about Style Genie. All right, so uh, please do visit our website, stylegenie.ph, yeah. or like us and uh, follow us on Instagram. Awesome. Yes. What's your Instagram? My Instagram is uh, stylegenieofficial, okay. and the Facebook is stylegenieph. Awesome. Guys, check that out. All those links will be down in the show notes, so you can jump right on that. You know, especially if we got listeners in the Philippines, so ladies, if you're here in the Philippines listening... Try Style Genie out. It sounds like a really awesome service. Streamline your uh, style workflow. Until next time, stay on that grind. This is the Southeast Asia Business Podcast with me, Dana Bloom. Oh, yeah. If you can't reach me, I apologize. I didn't ignore you, I was in the sky. In disguise, man, you know I got a big surprise. Ask me why, cause I'm trying to build an enterprise.